Listen, I get it. You like saving in Bitcoin. But check this out. You can actually complement your HODL position by investing in Bitcoin startups. If you want additional upside and enjoy learning about angel investing, you should check out Lightning Ventures. Lightning Ventures is a great way to stack real equity in Bitcoin-only companies. They've invested in businesses you've heard about on this show, including Azteco, CrowdHealth, and Swan Bitcoin. And Lightning Ventures makes it easy to get started in the world of early stage investing. The minimum investment is only $1,000 per deal, and you only invest in the deals that make sense to you. So if you want to get a behind the scenes look at the startups you know and love, if you want a chance to support their growth, and if you want another opportunity to profit as the Bitcoin ecosystem develops, check out the 60 second application in the show notes to get started today in building a world that runs on better money. Innovation for payments will not start in the US, specifically for Lightning, because there is too many restrictions, whether it's um, tax implication or whether it's compliance requirements. It's very hard to launch a fintech using Bitcoin in, in the US. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Nicholas Berti, who is the founder and CEO of Galloy, a company developing Bitcoin open source banking infrastructure for enterprise scale applications and integrations. Galloy is also the developer and maintainer of Blink, which is formerly known as the Bitcoin Beach Wallet, a lightning wallet designed for bottom up Bitcoin adoption. Of course, before we get to our interview with Nicholas, we have this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight, and this week we're going to McKinney, Texas. The McKinney Bitcoin Meetup is located in the booming suburbs 30 miles north of Dallas, Texas, where they like to say, Texas is Bitcoin country. And like all y'all, McKinney Bitcoin believes Bitcoin will continue on its path of becoming larger and more critical. As a result, McKinney Bitcoin's mission is to help the local community learn, prepare, and benefit from the money transition that the world is going through. They do this by helping local people, local small businesses, and local charities learn and apply Bitcoin. This is accomplished with frequent presentations for newcomers and literally hundreds of one-on-one meetings with small business owners and local charities. You can find out more on their meetup page, which is linked in the show notes. And if you're looking to find a Bitcoin meetup near you, I encourage you to download the Oshi app where you'll be able to do just that. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Nicholas right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Nicholas, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Yep. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? So I learned about not Bitcoin, but uh, I guess uh, crypto generally in 2017 because the price of GPU was going up. And at the time I was working for my own VR company and we were buying a lot of GPUs and the trend of having GPUs uh, price skyrocketing was uh, natural. 
Uh, I mean, it's funny because today it's happening again. Uh, now it's because of AI. Uh, but uh, yeah, at the time you see article on VR blogs that were saying, hey, you know, this is why your price of GPU is going up is because they are minor and they buy all the available supply. And I was like, that, that, is, that doesn't make sense. Like how can an industry as mature as the GPU market can get disrupted by miners, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and this is my entry into, into the space is uh, from, from, from this experience. And then how long was it from 2017 till now? Like, when, at what point did you kind of catch the vision for Bitcoin and Bitcoin only? Uh, it took me about two years, I guess. Uh, initially, mm -hmm. I, I really uh, dive into the space for the technology uh, side of things. And so the idea of playing with smart contract was very interesting. And, uh, you know, building your own little programs that live um, on some blockchain. Um, and I didn't really have any understanding of economics really in depth uh, when I, I dive into the, this space. But eventually you, you say, okay, this technology is great, uh, but um, you know, like Bitcoin or you know, cryptocurrency is like, it's not just a piece of technology, right? It's also money. And so you should understand what money is to really understand what, what this is about. And so, yeah, eventually in 2018, I, I start trying to follow finance course and you know, different economics and try to make sense about all this, you know, from a, a finance standpoint, economic standpoint. And then when you understand how money works, you understand that Bitcoin is different than any other cryptocurrency on there. And it's, it's just the solution, right? You don't need any of those um, use cases. And then you start discounting a lot of the other use cases, you know, that are highlighted as like, hey, this is this new revolutionary blockchain for this new revolutionary whatever supply chain or something and, and then you realize that no actually you don't need a blockchain for that you know you need mm. a blockchain to prevent double spend and you need proof of work to yeah also prevent the double spend problem and if you do that you can solve money and solving money is a big big thing uh, the world should you know, strive to right to have harmony and so, yeah, w when you see that, you can unsee it, and then you're like, okay, I, I, I should work, be working in Bitcoin uh, specifically. So, mm -hmm. this is in 20, 2019 is when I started working for Gallery. Took me about a year to really narrow down, like, okay, Lightning is a thing I want to focus on. So. So you've already shared some great insights about Bitcoin uh, by kind of further explaining your first answer. But the, the second question is this. What's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish everyone understood? There is so many insights, but uh, I'll, I'll give one. Uh, if you want to send you from France to uh, Naira in Nigeria, the best way to do it is probably to use uh, Bitcoin and Lightning. And people haven't caught on to that uh, significantly. I think once people start to really understand that, that it's the best way to be sending money across borders, I think that's a, a, an amazing use case. And I'm excited for when the whole world begins to catch on to that. So question number three, what's the Bitcoin resource you most recommend to other people? I think when you recommend a resource to someone, you need to think about where they are, uh, you know, both from an economic standpoint or, you know, which country they are uh, living on. So I think the answer really depends on uh, the context. But if you are 
in the US or if you're in Europe, like um, I think what resonates quickly today is um, ability for Bitcoin to not be inflated away. It's a hard supply cap. And therefore, you know, it's it's been inflation over time, right? And, and today this resonates very well. But now if you're in, in a country where there is low banking access, you know, if you're in El Salvador, if you're in in some places in, in Africa, like Nigeria, you will get also traction talking about the censorship resistance value of, of Bitcoin, the fact that you don't need an ID to use it. Uh, you know, as long as you have a cell phone, you can just transact over lightning. It's this will work very well in in emerging countries. So I think you have to adapt, you know, <laughs> the, the context. One uh, still resources that I think is very good to get started overall that is very complete is the bullish case for Bitcoin for Vijay Boyapati. So question number four, beyond Bitcoin, what is a resource, tool, or idea that's been helpful to you or your work at Galloy recently? I think it's also is almost too obvious today. It's uh, AI, like AI is giving mm. productivity boost to, if you're a developer, you know, you, you already are twice as efficient, if not more, depending on the type of topic you're working on. If you're willing to share, I'd love to hear about how you're using AI, because I think, uh, first of all, a lot of people are trying out the tools, seeing what works for them and applying them. They're, they're, they're seeing a lot of the benefits of AI. There are a lot of business owners that hear about AI, but they don't necessarily take the time to use the tools, find out what's going to work for them. Do you have any recommendations either for education resources for business owners or ways that they can begin using AI in their businesses from your experience? My advice right now, and AI moves so fast that uh, next week it will be a different tool to be used or something else. Like it's a, the, the pace of innovation in AI is quite mind blowing. Currently, I will advise someone to use OpenAI with uh, the paid account, which is $20 per month. And it gives you access to GPT-4. Recently, you have also access to, uh, from GPT-4, of um, the browser extensions where um, GPT-4 can now fetch resources on the internet and uh, give more accurate response for something that it would not have been trained for otherwise. And this mm. is just, the efficiency you can get is, is pretty mind-blowing. Uh, I can give an example from yesterday where we had some issue in our server for, we do a lot of end-to-end uh, -end tests where when we develop new feature, we try to make sure that hey, you can do a lot of things, you know, uh, and, and all those flow doesn't work, you know, create an account and, uh, send a payment over Lightning, send a payment uh, into a ledger on-chain or receive payment from all those protocol. And we were running into random errors that was uh, HTTP 502 error, so it's something quite technical. But we, we tried to debug this issue for days uh, a few months ago, and we had no success. And it's it's something that slowed down. Sometimes there is this random error, and you need to relaunch the process. And, but yes, I was like, okay, I, I really want to uh, fix this issue. Um, and so instead of trying to develop on my own, I, I really start engaging with uh, GPG-4 and say, hey, you know, I, I have this uh, particular problem. I have an Nginx uh, that's one as a front end to Kubernetes. And in the back end, I have my Node.js instance. And yeah, randomly, I have this uh, 502 error. Um, 
Uh, and you do some back and forth with this uh, AI machine and quickly it gives me a list of, uh, hey, this is the things you need to check out. Um, the solution to the problem I have was to increase the keep uh, timeout aspect between, so like a, a connection between Nginx and, and NGS. And it's something that I guess when you know it, it's like one, one line of code, you know, you need to add and you test and it works. Uh, the reality is that we spent days trying to fix this issue and we didn't uh, find the way, you know, the, the, the fix for it. Chatting with uh, ChatGPT gave us answer in less than an hour. Uh, now okay. this problem is solved. Um, I don't know if we are trying to fix this issue ourselves again you know, without any this type of, of tooling. How long it would have taken us to 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 find the the issue? So it's it's ex extremely powerful uh, tool. So our final question, we call it our arbitrary but insightful question, is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? I think it depends on the context. Uh, you, you probably need to ask both questions, uh, really. Right? Uh, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you probably start your, uh, your, your company on the assumption of a why not. Um, but then, you know, so you need to assess uh, sometimes your, your process, you know, the 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 five why for instance when you have a, a technical incident is a very powerful way to develop or you know improve your processes so i think you need to go back and forth between us meet linkster your premier bitcoin focused advisor linkster caters to businesses institutions family offices and high net worth individuals they merge your unique financial goals and needs with linkster's bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings and linkster it's not just advice, it's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R.com. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. Well, Nicholas, we're here today to talk about your work at Galloy and what Galloy is doing for businesses, the great work you've been doing for a long time for individuals as well. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Bitcoin Beach Wallet, which is now called Blink. I also want to talk about uh, how corporations can be their own bank. But first of all, uh, assuming that the listeners have maybe heard about Galloy before, but don't know much about uh, your history, the story behind Galloy, could you share with us about how you got started and what you're doing today? So... I really started in 
2019, early 2020, thinking, okay, I want to work on Lightning. I was living in Silicon Valley at the time, and my insight was like, hey, I can just build a Bitcoin bank. And so, I, you know, if I'm living in the US, I can address the US market, and I can show that, you know, you can do better payment with Lightning. I quickly realized that innovation for payments will not start in the US, specifically for Lightning, because there is too many restrictions. Whether it's um, tax implication or whether it's compliance requirements, it's very hard to launch uh, fintech using Bitcoin in, in the US. When you're focused on payments, I think the US is great if you are focused uh, as a company or a brokerage company and you want to sell Bitcoin to your client, it's probably the best place on us to be. But if you want to use Bitcoin as a payment system, the US will be one of the last countries to adopt it because currently payment in the US works actually pretty well. Most merchants have a payment terminal. You can have any debit card, credit card, you know, it, it just works, right? Um, and so my thinking was, okay, is there any other places on earth, you know, is there any communities that will need lightning, you know, where it's not a nice to have, it's a, it's a must have, or it's something that have a huge upside. And I've heard about this community called the Bitcoin Bit community in El Salvador, in Elizante. And Michael Peterson, we were trying to develop a local Bitcoin economy. And I was intrigued and I was like, maybe that's a good place to, to start a wallet because, uh, it seems in El Salvador, the unbanked population is um, is frequent. It's actually 70% of the population doesn't have a bank account, mm. meaning they use cash all the time, right? Um, but also because they use the US dollar, their government doesn't have a strong incentive to ban Bitcoin, right? Like they already use someone else's currency. And there is also a lot of remittance coming from the US, a lot of... Uh, El Salvadorian are going to the United States because they can make more money there and they, they send back money at home. There is about 2 million El Salvadorian for a population of 7 million, which is a lot, right? Uh, living in the US and sending money home every month. So for all this reason, I was thinking, hey, this is a good place to, to start and I can work on the technology and we can see where it goes, right? Uh, but at least I can try to push lightning forward, have people using day to day, you know, show that, hey, you can actually use lightning to pay for a coffee and it, it just works. So this is how Bitcoin Beach Wallet gets started. Today, Bitcoin Beach Wallet has evolved into a lightning wallet that is not only available in El Salvador, but also across the world. Not in every jurisdiction, it's not available in the US, for instance, um, but uh, we try to open it to Latin America and Africa mostly because we think it's uh, one of the best lightning wallets to get onboarded into the into the space. On top of this wallet, we have also a gallery, which maybe we can dive into this, uh, which is how we envision helping organizations to adopt Bitcoin in a self-sovereign way. So there's probably a great opportunity for people to learn more about Bitcoin Beach Wallet. The story is shared in other podcasts, but today I would like to talk a little bit about Galloy and especially thinking about, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast are business owners. So how can businesses 
be thinking about developing a treasury? How could they potentially use Galloy for doing that? Yeah. So today, if you let's think about the experience from uh, an individual standpoint, that is onboarding into Bitcoin. Most individuals start with a custodial exchange. Maybe they open a Kraken account, a Bitfinex account, Coinbase account, and they start buying their Bitcoin there. And as they learn more about Bitcoin, they understand that this asset is different than maybe the dollar or the euro they would have in their bank account, in the sense that they can self-custody it. And then they say, okay, if I can self-custody it, maybe I need to have self-custody wallet, I need to buy a hardware wallet. And it's really a, a journey to start from custody to self-custody. It's a journey that can take time, right? It can take weeks, months, years. Um, it often takes years to really you know, appreciate the full potential of Bitcoin. If you think about businesses today, most solutions catering to businesses are custodial solutions. I've seen on your show, for instance, that uh, recently there was ZBD on, on the pod. And ZBD, for instance, is a great solution that will offer you an API to be able to send and receive payment. But it's a custodial solution, right? The same way Bitcoin Beach Wallet or Blink, which is what we are offering, um, is a custodial solution, which means, okay, it's great because I can get a, a business onboarded, you know, I can just integrate an API, I don't need to think about liquidity, opening channel, uh, thinking about custody, but I'm really using Bitcoin in a custodial way. And we expect, you know, most businesses, like individual, will start their Bitcoin journey in a custodial way. But eventually, as these businesses understand Bitcoin and maybe want to use Bitcoin in a more sovereign way, we think they would want to also become their own banks, right? The same way as an individual, you can become your own bank. You just have to have your own wallet. Businesses will also become their own banks. And what, get, what the mission of, of Gallery is, is to develop those different tools that corporation will be using to become their own banks. And so at, at the MicroStrategy conference, I talk about uh, different tooling that corporation will need to be able to become sovereign. Uh, the most obvious one is custody. So if you want to buy Bitcoin in larger proportion as a corporation, you probably should custody your Bitcoin. But then there is a aspect about transacting with Bitcoin. So be able to send and receive payments in a more high frequency way where, okay, maybe now I have an e-commerce website, maybe I'm paying my employee with Bitcoin and for that, you know, I, I, I should be able to have a, some server connected to be able to do payments more easily. There is the idea of uh, also having uh, an accounting system that is double entry bookkeeping. If you use Bitcoin today, like Bitcoin D or LND, you really have a, a single entry bookkeeping system where you have a set of UTXO and which is you know, some sets and you receive sets, you send sets. But when you're a business, you need to operate with a ledger that is what we call double entry bookkeeping, where you have both your assets and your liabilities and you need to match them at all time. 
And the last tool that we are developing is called StableSets. It's a tool that allows you to hedge your sets so that if you want to use Bitcoin, but yet don't be subject to volatility of Bitcoin, which will be the case for a lot of enterprise in emerging markets, you can use this tool to use Bitcoin as a payment system without using Bitcoin to assets, so right? uh, the, the volatile uh, Bitcoin. So am I understanding correctly that the essentially Galloway is bringing together the ability to custody, self-custody, to uh, send and receive, and then this this help on the bookkeeping side? It sounds like an all-in-one resource. Are there things that I'm missing? Are there things that, uh, some, some nuances there? What exactly could you maybe add to those three things or does that summarize it fairly well? This is what I highlight here is our vision. So this is where we are going. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time to build all this tool in a way that they work well together, but also they can be used independently. So today, if you go to our uh, GitHub repository, we have about, I believe, 40 different repositories doing different things. The tools that are probably the most advanced in being an independent software is stable sets. Uh, but we also order the tools that I mentioned about, like their work in progress. Uh, it, it might take still, you know, years before our vision realizes, and you can use all those tools independently very easily. But this is where we, we are going. Could you help me understand stable sats a little bit better? I've heard people talk about it in terms of a, a stable coin. Um, some people really like stable coins that are pegged to the US dollar. Some people don't. It, it sort of depends. And I think part of it depends on your perspective, where you are in the world. But could you talk about stable sats and maybe uh, add some some nuance to that? <laughs> nuance that uh, non-technical people like myself and maybe some of my listeners uh, could understand a little bit better. The goal of stable sats is to not be subject to the volatility of Bitcoin. So in that sense, it's similar to a stable coin. But a stable coin is really a tokenized dollar in a bank account. So the way to think about mm-hmm. USDT, for instance, is there is a dollar somewhere in a, in a bank, or well, maybe it's a treasury bill, but it's, it's a, either a dollar or a proxy for a dollar that is custodied at a bank. There is some upside and downside with it. The upside is that it's overall quite stable. If you assume that the stable coin will not be cut out of the dollar system, right? And, and there is a way mm-hmm. that maybe at some point the United States decide like we don't want really this type of, of money and we will just go to see the bank that custody those dollars and say, no, you, you can't do that anymore. Stable sets work differently. On, on the stable set, there is no dollar. It's another way to describe it is synthetic dollar. And the way this works is we use derivative protocol to hedge the price of Bitcoin using Bitcoin-only exchanges or uh, crypto exchanges that offer derivative solutions that have no banking access. So the way we create a synthetic dollar is we combine two positions, which is like a spot position having Bitcoin on your wallet. It's like physical Bitcoin, spot Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. which is what you get if you buy Bitcoin, right? And the idea sure. of, of this is that if the price of Bitcoin goes up, you earn some dollar in dollar equivalent, make a profit. If the price of Bitcoin goes down, you, you, you lose money in dollar equivalent, right? It's like 
what we say is you're long Bitcoin, right? When you're long, you want the price to go up. We combine this position, which is what you get if you buy Bitcoin, with a short position on an exchange. If you get a short position, the idea is that when the price goes up, you actually make a, you have a loss. When the price goes down, you actually make a profit. And so if you combine the long and the short position, you, you basically the price can go up, the price can go down, you still have the same amount of dollar at the end of the day, right? But, but you're only using Bitcoin to create this instrument. So it's a way to create an equivalent of a dollar using only Bitcoin. Because we don't, because there is no bank account in this equation, it's um, in some way more robust to uh, to the you know, banking crackdown that we have seen, for instance, in the US over the last couple of months. And so you would say stable sats is primarily for either companies that aren't able to be a part of the US banking system or a, a dollar banking system, or a company that, that just wants to operate outside of it, but doesn't want to have the risk of the Bitcoin USD price volatility. Is that a fair assessment or am I missing some of the applications here? Yeah, so I believe the best use case for stablesets is if you're living in a country where there is high inflation, uh, where banking access is not easy, where maybe there is capital control. You know, think you are you are an enterprise in Argentina. I think it's a great place to to use like a stablesets uh, product, or you're in El Salvador. Um, if you're living in the US, you actually don't need really stable sets because opening bank accounts is, is pretty straightforward. If you're in Europe, you know, similarly, you may not need stable sets. So it really depends on where you're living. My assumption is that in the next couple of years, the place that we most use stable sets is really uh, emerging country where there is a lot of capital control and uh, high inflation rate. So I know you said earlier in the interview that some of the things that you've talked about are in development or will be more fully developed in the future. For people listening today, there may be an answer that's different, whether you're in the United States or not. But for business owners who are listening right now to this interview, what would be some recommendations you would have for them as far as how they can begin uh, exploring working with Galloway? The best way to get started is probably to join our Matamos, which is an internal chat system where you can ask your question for whatever you are thinking about, and then we can help you figuring whether this makes sense. Another great resource to get started is go to our GitHub. We have all our repositories there with documentation. So depending on what you are interested, you know, it might be Stablesat, it might be our, our ledger solution, it might be the the gallery backend that is the basis for Blink. Um, maybe it might be just using a hosted solution like Blink, so where you can just create an account and you can send and receive payments fairly uh, in a fairly straightforward way. Yeah, so th there is a lot we are doing. Uh, we're trying to make the documentation better so that it's easier to get started. Uh, we know it's something we need to improve upon. But yeah, I would recommend starting with GitHub or Matomost as to way to get started. Great. All right. Well, Nicholas, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Josh. Well, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or Nicholas, you can find our links down in the show notes. And if you're interested in exploring Galloway for your business, be sure to check out them as well. As always, keep building, keep growing. And until next time, keep living and leading well. 
If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn sats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today